2: I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my number, so welcome to episode number 31 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's number one Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly and with me as always is your new god, Mr. Liam O'Donnell. How you doing today, Liam?
0: I'm very good.
2: Is that your god
0: voice? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't know.
2: Well, I think you would know uh, more than most people because you must not have false idols. Is that one of the commandments?
0: I don't. Yeah.
2: Tell us, Liam!
0: That sounds right.
2: Anyway. <laughs> Liam, how have... How, now, I, I don't want to pull back the curtain too far, but uh, yesterday I was speaking to you briefly, and you said it's been a rough week. How's it been, Liam?
0: It's fine. I mean, um, I th- this is not interesting at all, but basically okay, I, great. Had house, <laughs> I had house issues. There were things went wrong, and it's been very busy. But, you know, uh, I got to highlight my week with some... Interesting Eric Roberts movies. So that made everything better
2: on this for this program. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, I don't want to again, I don't want to pry. But when you say house issues, you mean issues with your house.
0: Yeah, I uh, apparently I installed my air conditioner wrong and it's seeped through the whole wall. And now I've got like water damage in a place where I rent. So that's bad.
2: That is bad. Liam, and I don't hear your air conditioner in the background right now.
0: Well, I had to move the air conditioner that was downstairs upstairs because it was upstairs where there was the issue.
2: Mm. I, uh, I'm not very good at installing things. So uh, the, the thing that you went through is something that could easily have happened to any of us who are not mechanically inclined like myself.
0: Well, it, it, I'm saying it was me because I'm self-deprecating. Mm. I don't actually know that that's the case. Um oh. and when I went to inspect the air conditioner to see if that was the case, I opened the window too much and the air conditioner fell out of the window. Oh the only reason it didn't smash things below is because I grabbed was... the cord at the right? last second. Mm-hmm. So all
2: that Seinfeld episode, except in that case, it did fall and kill a dog.
0: Yeah, this this I say it, but what that meant was I didn't get a chance to inspect it before it plummeted to see if it was filled with water, which would have indicated there was an issue.
2: Well, your self-deprecation might end up hurting you insurance-wise, so I'm going to uh, cut that out of the episode so you won't have anything incriminating.
0: Oh, I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> all right. Shut up, Liam. Ah, fuck. Our guest today is a writer and cultural commentator. You can find his work over at xyz. It's Blaine McLaren. How are you doing today, Blaine? Oh, doing great. How's it going? It's great. I love your enthusiasm, Blaine. Usually, <laughs> I mean, again, I don't want to knock our, our previous guests on the show, but they're all terrible. Uh, they sure. just... They just don't have any energy, and I love, Blaine, that you jump right in with that intense McLaren from Atlanta, Georgia energy.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to be here and, uh, and provide a little energy to uh, these incredible movies I picked out this week. How can you not be energetic when you think
2: about the life and career of Eric Roberts? Oh, yeah, no, it keeps me going most of the time. And you would know this more than most because, again, you are in Atlanta, Georgia, which, for a a good portion of Eric Roberts' life, he was stationed there. So obviously, you're feeling the Eric Roberts energy more than, say, um, Liam, who lives in like Buttfuck,
1: Pennsylvania,
0: literally the worst place in the world.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, actually, he. There's more stories in this area, more of Julia Roberts, but uh, even though, who's that? Sorry, still... who's that then? Yeah, who, is, uh, who is? Who is? What are we? What? Julia, it, it's what a fami- familiar relative of his? Oh, that's the
2: know. aunt of um, what's of her name, Emma Roberts. That's right.
1: I, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, no, but uh, yeah, definitely. Kind of, kind of keeps me going, uh, living off those vibes in the area. Blaine, what do you do with your time mostly? Um, mostly, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, spend a lot of my time watching watching bad movies, uh, uh-huh. trying to justify my life and my existence on. Uh, uh, here in the world and on the internet, just kind of screaming into the void, mainly.
2: Okay, well, this is a good void to scream into. What is your Eric Roberts experience throughout your life? Like, what's the first time that you were aware that Eric Roberts was an actor that existed?
1: Uh, pro- probably uh, "Best of the Best" and "Best of the Best" too. Uh, mm. Those are those are definitely two that I didn't never knew who Eric Roberts was, but they played it ad nauseum growing up, pretty much every Saturday and Sunday. So. Uh, so I saw those a lot, then I kind of started to recognize them uh, when when I was binging Oz uh, in college. Uh, so, no, that was kind of the first, and then, you know, of course, Dark Knight kind of reminded me again that he exists. And now, what would you consider peak Eric Roberts? Peak Eric Roberts? Uh, probably Pope of Greenwich Village.
2: Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. I I was able to make a uh, you-took-my-thumbs reference just recently, and I was so proud of myself. It made me feel like a real part of the Eric Roberts verse, which, of course, I am.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Now, Blaine, you have two Eric Roberts classic projects for us to discuss today, and we're going to ask you in just a little bit. Why you decided to uh, saddle us with these two titles (laughs) But I just want to mention right up front That we're going to be covering 2012's The Dead Want Women, directed by Charles Band And Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs from 2015 Directed by some other guy (laughs) But before we get into that We need to get into this week's Roberts Report Right. The Roberts Report for episode number 31 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. We're going to do a little... Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently on this episode. You see, I was recently made aware of a brand new amazing piece of literature that exists in the world. That's right. Yes. Available on your Kindle right now, you can get a book called Eric Roberts, The True Story, by author Phony McFaker name. <laughs> the plot description is as such. Eric Roberts is the greatest actor in our world's history, and now the truth... Behind his top secret super heroic crime-fighting deeds can finally be told, should be noted, truth not guaranteed. And by different, yeah, we actually have the author, Phony McFaker, name on the line right now. How you doing, Phony?
3: Uh, it's actually pronounced Phony fake name, but you got it close.
2: Fake name? Well, apparently I stuck an R in because I'm just so... In fact, I think I've every time I've written your name on this thing I'm reading right now, it says Faker. So I'm just going to go with Faker name.
3: Okay, I like I like the sound of that. That actually sounds like you've you've one-upped it a little bit. It's more fake than fake name.
2: I punched it up a little bit is how yeah, I like
3: to say it. I, I like that, yeah.
2: Phony, why did you write a book called Eric Roberts, The True Story?
3: I have been fascinated by Eric Roberts since I first saw him in By the Sword in the early mm, 90s. Of course. I uh, caught it on USA at a friend's house, and I was like, who is this guy? And at the, my eye was drawn to him. My mind was drawn to him. And I... I was an active active user at my local mom and pop video store that had a lot of, you know, $1 rentals and I noticed Robert's his face was on a lot of these direct-to-video <laughs> movies mm-hmm. and I and I know and I had to see them all like The Ambulance and um you know, Well Runaway Train wasn't a B movie obviously but sure. but just everything I saw him in I just thought he was more amazing and the more I saw and it just kind of built up over the years and I only recently noticed that he's gone kind of completely out of control with appearing in 30 or 40 40 movies a year. Oh my, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully
2: for a podcast that's trying to support more than a couple episodes, he has gone a little out of control.
3: You have a lot of of grist for your mill there.
2: (laughs) We're plowing through it on this particular episode, believe me.
3: Uh, Phony... What is the process that you
2: go through when you're going, okay, so you have this topic, you have this actor that you have an interest in, you've seen a number of his movies, what's then the process uh, that you go into in order to write something like this? I mean, is there ever a concern of legal ramifications when you get started?
3: Yes. Uh, (laughs) It it started as a, um, I wanted to actually write a biography about Eric Roberts. And I wanted, and I have, and this seemed legitimate, because I have friends who have written biographies about Hollywood figures like George Powell and that have interviewed a lot of actors and directors. Certainly. So I thought that's something I could actually do. I just, so I started researching, started reading and you know, his Wikipedia page and whatnot detailed research. And I (laughs) know, and I noticed that he has had you know, he's had his ups and downs in his life, but I didn't. I realized at some point that I didn't like the truth as much as I liked the idea that I have <laughs> of Eric Roberts. I, I, I like to imagine that he just sits around all day, staring off into the sunset with his chiseled, chiseled chin, and he just stares and thinks about, you know, incredibly deep thoughts. And and that and and the idea that he's just this smothering persona all the time I found more interesting. So I thought. I'd write a book explaining how this person came to be and what happens in this person's life and how, and this probably isn't going to happen until book three. He eventually became the person who acted in 40 movies in the year 2015.
2: (laughs) Now, so you're planning on making this a series of Eric Roberts adventures.
3: That was accidental. I meant it to all be one book and I had the entire thing outlined. And then I realized I like my books to be kind of short and sweet because I assume people have no attention span because I have no attention span. And I realized at the amount of material I've got, it needs to be three short books. So a trilogy,
2: a trilogy, of course. Yeah, sure. So is Eric Roberts aware that this book exists?
3: Eric Roberts is aware. Yes. I messaged him on, I, I hit him up on Twitter. I went ahead and wrote the book and I said, <laughs> I said, devil may care. I, I write, I write a lot. This is my fifth published book. I, mm. I started, I started writing short, funny books recently, a fun doing it. And for this one, I just said, what the heck? If I write it, and it ends up getting shot down or I get in some kind of legal trouble, I can just put it on a fan fiction site or something because I wanted this book to exist. Hmm. I, I only wrote it cause no one else did. And I, I hit him up on Twitter and I mentioned, I, Hey, Eric, I wrote this book that has you as a crime fighting superhero. It's total fiction, but written with love. Any objection to me publishing it? And his response was three words. Go for it. <laughs> Boy, that
2: laid-back attitude really does reinforce uh, my comfort zone regarding possible legal action towards a podcast called Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Now, I should
3: ask you, Phony, why the pseudonym? That's a complicated question. Mm-hmm. It's, it started as I, as giving me the artistic freedom to pursue any topic I want, to write about anything I want without worrying about it impacting my career or social prospects. Sure. And that certainly still comes into play. But I realized at some point that I might accidentally write something that goes viral and I might end up selling a few million copies. (laughs) And if that happens, I'd like there to be maybe at least one degree removed between my wife and kids and any psychotic stalkers out there. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's the reason that we
2: name this podcast. We put a big swear word in the middle of it. So no, there's no possibility of it ever getting an amount of attention <laughs> in any mainstream way that would allow us to possibly be targeted by stalkers or assorted crazy people. Well played, well played.
0: <laughs> so you I think- often worry about that whenever I do anything.
2: Well, that's uh, <laughs> Liam takes care of that by never mentioning the podcast outside of this. <laughs> never, ever, ever.
3: Now, so you work, you work in Pennsylvania. I understand Liam was uh, as I heard in the last podcast, was that you? Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I do work in Pennsylvania.
3: Okay, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, so. So I'm familiar with all the universities in that area. I do well, the Yin's guy's got a lot to talk about then. Uh, <laughs> oh.
0: on, to be quite honest, Pittsburgh's the other side of the state and Pennsylvania's too big. So I literally have no idea.
3: Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's next, uh, Phony? You're going to continue. Uh, now, you mentioned, of course, that you're going to continue to write Eric Roberts uh, books up until the end of the trilogy. Is that what you're working on now?
3: I'm right now actually finishing up my first horror novel, The oh. Gym. Mm. <laughs> It is called the gym because it is about a. It's a horror novel about a an evil gym, and it's about it's a <laughs> kind of kind of supernatural insane. It's like the books of Bentley Little. He's hmm. this ca- kind of Kafka esque horror author. I like a lot of different kinds of literature, but I I grew up loving horror, so I always wanted to kind of write and publish my own horror book. So this is a departure from my last five books, which have been you know very silly, humorous, Monty Python y. Sure. And I finished, just finished writing that one. And I have another one called Used Zombies, which is another comedy because I think the world needs another zombie comedy. There's not <laughs> enough of those out there.
2: <laughs> if if uh, one of our listeners, as I'm sure they would at this point, want to pick up a copy of Eric Roberts' The True Story or one of your other
3: uh, novels, what's the best way for them to do so? My books are available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So you can use them on your Kindle or Nook or your Kindle app or Nook app and they are all $2.99. My books are short and sweet. You can read them when you're just commuting like on a bus or on a on the Metro or just if you feel like reading a book in two or three hours, they're cheap and I promise you, you'll get your money's worth. You heard him, folks. Uh, it's a steal at two
2: I'm certainly going to be picking up a copy of Eric Roberts, The True Story, myself. And, of course, we're, I'm sure we're going to be talking about it again on the podcast. Do a search for a Phony McFake name. Not faker name. Not, not my fuck-up from before. Phony McFake name. And, of course, we will link uh, to the copy of Eric Roberts, The True Story, and, and Phony's other work in the show notes today. Phony, thank you so much for taking the time. Very excited to check out more of these Eric Roberts novels. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one you too. bye. Moving on. On the Eric Roberts Twitter feed at Eric Roberts on Twitter, uh, he recently tweeted about the, well, as we're recording this, the Republican National Convention is ongoing. There's been some controversy about plagiarism in, plagiarism in speech is. And Eric Roberts tweeted, "Is denial of this plagiarism a form of insanity or just plain bad personhood? This is not an election to sit out. So if you are an American and can vote in the upcoming election, please do so. Except (laughs) unless you're going to vote for someone stupid. Don't vote for someone dumb. But vote for someone smart and good. Do you agree with that, Liam? Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Blaine, who are you going to be voting for in the upcoming election?
1: I'm not a big fan of lying so I'll probably uh, I'll I'll probably I'll probably see, rely on my uh, on my fellow citizens to see how this one all turns out. That's
2: a, fair enough. I like how <laughs> it, I asked you really probably the most invasive horrible question a person can ask. Straight up, you, who are you, you going to vote
0: you for? You might as well have asked him the last time he jerked off. Yeah, like,
2: right. Seriously. Absolutely. <laughs> I, honestly, it was a test plane and you passed with of course flying colors. Over at com. <laughs> There's an article that's called... Did you
0: just laugh at my local news source? Is this is your
2: local paper, McCall? Uh,
0: I mean, I assume it is. I mean, I have, a, I have only interacted with it in the virtual forum. I'm sure it exists as a newspaper, but I've never seen it.
2: Over at McCall.com, whatever the fuck that is, there's an article called Oscar-nominated actor to star in Lehigh. Is that how it's pronounced, Liam?
0: Yeah, Lehigh. It's not a weird word.
2: Lehigh Valley. And I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> to star in Lehigh Valley movie Billboard An actor who has played one of Gotham City's crime bosses In Dark Knight And a cold-blooded killer in the Emmy-nominated TV adaptation Of Truman Capote's In Cold Blood Has been tapped to play the villain in Billboard The feature film by Forks Township filmmaker Zeke Zelker <laughs> Do you know Zeke Zelker uh, there, Liam?
0: No, I never heard that name before
2: <laughs> what kind of name is... Look, I shouldn't make fun of people's names that's not what we do here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. But Lehigh Valley, is this is close to where you live? Is that
0: correct, Lehigh? I could literally walk to Forks Township from my house.
2: So what you're saying is you're going to crash the set of <laughs> billboard and uh and get get uh some FaceTime with one Mr. Eric Roberts.
0: I don't I will sincerely consider the ways that we can utilize the proximity of Mr. Roberts that, you know, I, I guess I missed out because, uh, you know, I work at a college right down the street from my house and the college is plastered with these posters advertising that billboard is looking for extras and they're specifically oh, looking for You blew answers. it, man. You, I know, I know. You now, You fucking blew I, it. I'm not college age, but I kind of look like yeah. a college student. You know? yeah, so I could pull it off.
2: You do look like a prepubescent child. I mean, I, I didn't want to say it, but now it could be a benefit, right?
0: I mean, I've definitely, when I tell people how old I actually am, they often say that I look a decade younger, but just like real rough. You know, like, they're like I'm uh, oh, I'm actually 37. They're like, that's weird. I thought you looked more like a ragged 27.
2: Mm-hmm. You look like a sick 25 year old
0: You look like a person In the prime of their life Who's abused themselves so badly <laughs> That you can't tell how
1: young they are mm-hmm. Blaine have you ever been an extra In a feature film uh, I have not uh, and, and, and Atlanta's kind of turned into A, a whole uh, hub of of Movies uh, since The Walking Dead Came to town but uh, can't say I ever have
2: Now have you ever aspired to be A zombie on The Walking Dead
1: No. It mainly just holds up traffic here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: You know, Liam, have you ever done any extra work before?
0: I was about to say, do you not know about this?
2: Maybe I don't. Maybe I I, do. I don't know.
0: I I was an extra, though not a featured extra, in a little movie called Creed.
2: Uh, Is that Oh about the Christian rock band Creed. I
0: fucking hate you so much <laughs> You know exactly what I'm talking
2: about <laughs> Did you get to go uh, uh Did you get to go one on one in the ring Uh With all Michael I was
0: def- definitely not a featured extra I, I was considered for featured extra But then I just had to be one of the people in the crowd And so for the most part Because figured... you look like a
2: sick boy in his mid-twenties
0: Yeah basically And I, for the most part I didn't think you'd be able to see me But there was one part Where when I saw Creed, I saw it with my wife, and we both are pretty sure you can see that it's me. I mean, that's
2: pretty fucking exciting. I actually have to say, and I shouldn't casually swear about it, but this is literally the most interesting thing you've ever told me about yourself.
0: God damn it. I I, I actually have to agree. Well, I'm surprised you didn't know. It kind of is evidence that you've never listened to my other podcast because for- You have a podcast? for almost a full year Josh introduced me on the podcast as The star of Creed And I had to keep telling him to shut up
2: Now which, like, if we're watching Creed And we're looking for you sure.
0: what... You wouldn't be able to tell mm-hmm. but...
2: but what kind of scene were you in?
3: <clears throat>
0: There's a uh, A a big fight That is What, in Creed? <laughs> I fucking hate you. One (laughs) of the big fights, it's the fight against the other fighter from Philly. And it's in a room that is two tiered. There's like a balcony. Sure. And it's all one shot. And I am in the balcony in the corner. And there's a moment where the camera looks up and I forget if it's at um, Michael B. Jordan's character or at his opposition, but there's a shot up and I'm wearing a blue Oxford button up with the sleeves rolled up. And I don't know if it was the shape of my gut or what it was, but both me and my wife were like, at the same time, so it's not just in my brain. I was like, that's me. You know, like, that's you. you. And I was like, oh, my God. Granted, to be fair, it's two seconds. Like, no one who isn't us identified it, but it's there. I swear it's there. I'm going to buy the Blu-ray soon just so I can post the screen. Yeah, cat.
1: no kidding. let oh, I was... I was hoping you're going to be one of those uh, kids on the dirt bike at the end of the uh, oh, little training montage.
0: God damn, I wish. I will I will tell you as a Philadelphian, I actually cried during that part. I was just like, oh, "I love you, Philly." Oh.
2: Roberts, beautiful. who was nominated for an Oscar for Runaway Train, will join the cast of Billboard about a struggling radio station, WTYT 960. That says WTIT. is that a real radio station? Hell no That decides to host a billboard sitting contest to drive up ratings It's inspired by local radio station contest in 1982 and 83 On a billboard at MacArthur Road and Route 22 in Whitehall Township Is that a real place? It is Have you been there? Have you sat on the billboard?
0: I've never sat on the billboard, but I've been down that road before
2: Well, Roberts, the brother of Julia Roberts (laughs) 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 Will play the unscrupulous radio executive who wants to drive WTIT 960 out of business so, uh, everyone, look out for Billboard in the future. I honestly, it actually sounds like a really interesting movie, and it's a shame that uh, Star of Creed, Liam O'Donnell, won't be making an appearance in it.
0: I mean, I got real shit to do, so whatever. Baboom. boom Kazakhstan's
2: would-be coup plotter made a terrible movie. Yes, it's it's an article from Eurasianet.org about how uh, Totar Tulashov... Planning was planning to seize power in Kazakhstan, but uh, previous to that in 2007, he helped make a movie called Blizny Boy The Ultimate Fighter, starring David Carradine, Gary Busey, and Eric Roberts, brother of the more famous Julia Roberts. I remember looking for this movie previously, and it's uh, pretty much impossible to find. But that's kind of an interesting historical note that uh, this coup plotter, who I'm sure life isn't going very well for him right now, uh, previously tried to make this awful action movie. I'm sure you would like it, Blaine, since you're such a huge fan of the Best of the Best series.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm up for uh, for a fictitious uh, fictitious account of a coup in Kazakhstan. (laughs) I don't know if that's what the plot of the movie is about I definitely (laughs) assume
2: He really showed his hand In that movie
0: (laughs) That's actually why it didn't work out They were like oh wait a minute
2: Apparently the Russian term Blishny boy means close quarters Combat so it's really called Close quarters combat boy I have a question for you Blaine Do you prefer best of the best one or best of the best two
1: Hands down best of the best two
2: That's the right answer and i'm glad that you said that liam did we both agree that part two is better
0: yeah i mean i think we felt that though part two is also weird that 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 (laughs) that strangeness actually made it more interesting whereas the first one it's not a bad i like it a lot but it's i don't know it's not as engaging in my mind you know
2: Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2016's Osprey, directed by Wayne Slayton. Its tagline is, trust no one, and the plot involves the CIA and a rogue assassin attempt to expose the source behind a corporate global intelligence ring inciting war for profit. Yes, uh, filmed way back in apparently January 2014, the film stars Eric Roberts as Apollos, or Apollos... And was apparently uh, partly filmed in Dubai and Paris. If you say so, IMDB, keep your eyes out for Osprey coming soon to a video store near you. We're going to take our first break in just a moment. And we're going to talk about the uh, movie The Dead Want Women, followed by Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs. But I first want to ask you, Blaine, why did you want us to watch The Dead Want Women?
1: Oh, well, when I was going through uh, his... uh Ever-growing IMDb list. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I recognized uh, something from the uh, the also uh, prolific catalog of Full Moon Pictures, I knew that that was going to have to be one of the picks. And uh, the other one's just, it's called Cowboys versus Dinosaurs
2: And in fact, I had seen Cowboys versus Dinosaurs when I was watching Eric Roberts movies in my spare time, as I am wont to do. So I <laughs> I had actually watched it previously and watched it again for this. So uh, any Credit or blame will go right towards you, Blaine. Oh, oh, excellent. <laughs> well, we'll see how much credit or blame is coming after this first break when we return. 2012's The Dead Want Women. Blaine, Beginning at a stylish mansion in the roaring 1920s A socialite, Flappers, and the men who love them Come to their ultimate demise These ghosts continue to haunt the mansion throughout the decade Now they've come back to haunt and chase After a new generation of beautiful girls The Dead Want Women from 2012 Directed by the legendary Charles Band And, oh boy, I'm very curious to hear What you two thought of this movie (laughs) I may have given my hand away with that piece of shit comment Uh, Liam... I'm going to start with you. Usually I'd start with the guests, but I feel like you really want to get your feelings out on the Dead Want Women. What
0: did you think? (laughs) It was... um, Man, it's hard to even delve into the levels of bad that it was in the sense of... With Dead Moon Rising, it was a technical mess as well as poorly written and acted. Sure. Uh, With this movie... It fit together. It was a movie. But um, between the makeup, the acting, the poorly conceived story, the uh, attempt to kind of be softcore pornography without ever actually being sexy in any way, uh, and (laughs) just the strange, like... I mean, the whole thing felt like a college project. Like, hey, guys, I have a mansion. Why don't you all come over to my house this weekend and we'll just, like make up a movie while we're there the
2: David Dakota <laughs> method of making movies
0: yeah exactly only uh, it, it I don't know I, it's 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 difficult to articulate though there were one or two things about the movie that I did enjoy simply because they were ridiculous and I liked
2: two things in this entire movie but I'm not going to list what they are until we get a counterpoint to your opinion from Blaine Blaine what did you think of the dead want women
1: well, it may not be that big of a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a piece of shit. There's, there's no denying that. I mean, oh yeah, the acting's bad. I'm pretty sure nothing was actually written. Mm. Uh, most, most of, most, of, most of the the major uh, players in movies. Every line that comes to their mu- their mouth is pretty cringeworthy. Mm. Uh, but it does offer a couple things that were fantastic, namely, uh, exploding heads. Mm-hmm. Incredibly unerotic nudity, so unerotic, <laughs> and maybe the laziest, uh, laziest performance uh, from uh, from from an actor of any kind of note. Uh, not not giving away my hand too early, but it's <laughs> this, this is lazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on the other side, it's really really short. It's it's like 75 minutes Yeah, it's
2: obscenely short In fact, it's so short that it makes you feel like When it's over, why did I waste my time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I just felt like, oh man, that was a I felt like I was watching like, a real bad episode Of a show I kind that, of enjoyed I mean,
2: that's fair enough I will say that when I was halfway through I'm like, well, at least there isn't that long to go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs>
3: Just to
2: give to give the listeners a, a, an idea Of how this movie is structured The 1920 sequence which really should be like five minutes at the beginning of the movie. Ends up taking up like over 20 minutes. It's about this silent film star, this woman, who uh, because of the, the switch to talkies, her career has completely tanked. She's being let out of her contract and she ends up killing herself and all of her friends, which include two flapper girls. Eric Roberts, who's playing like a, uh, a silent era cowboy star uh, a, a Fatty Arbuckle-type comedian And a horror-type uh, actor Almost like a Lon Chaney-type guy And they're they're all her kind of henchmen and, well, and,
0: Yeah, I mean And they're apparently in, already in some sort of sex murder cult That they don't really explain Yeah,
2: that they don't really explain And also, they don't really explain why they're able to come back from the dead To haunt this place after killing themselves either It's kind of vaguely hinted at But... So that's a twenty-minute sequence that to open the movie to lead up to the modern-day sequence, which uh, involves these two women who are running um, <laughs> some sort of um, property. Uh, what's what would be the best way to describe what they do for a living?
0: I mean, uh, I guess yeah, real, estate, real right. estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah,
2: yeah. so they're, they're like real estate agents, I guess, or they own this property and are looking to sell it. And uh, and they, while investigating it, they run into these ghosts. They get attacked kind of by all of them And that's the rest of the movie That is the entire plot of the Dead Want Women And yes, it lasts 75 minutes And it feels like every scene moves in slow motion However, I'm going to say the two things I like about this movie One is, spoiler alert (laughs) Eric Roberts gets his head exploded at one point from a gunshot Now it's not really a spoiler alert because he's fine (laughs) But it is literally the only notable Scene of violence that's in the entire movie The other thing I liked Was that um, As Liam hinted at There's some soft core nudity in this movie It actually is two pornographic film stars Who play these two flapper girls And they go into a 69 position For an extended period of time While the, all the men grope them In an uncomfortable way But at one point The uh, actors start having sex with these women And Eric Roberts says I am a big fat cowboy Yep
3: yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I rewound that twice to make sure that Those were the words he said I'm a, I'm a little fat cowboy
2: It's a fat cowboy I don't know why he says it I don't know why he thought that was the thing to say Or if that might have been in the script But it is by far the most interesting dialogue In this entire movie uh, Yeah this movie is really really awful And some might Find that surprising Because again It is uh, directed By Charles Band uh, the, the owner And operator Of Full Moon Video Who in some Genre circles Full Moon Has a reputation Of Well, I'm hesitant to say the word quality, but certainly they put out a lot of memorable titles, things like, of course, the Puppet Master series and Dollman and Trancers, that sort of thing, going way back into the 80s. So I'm going to actually start, go back to you for a second, Blaine. What do you generally think about Full Moon Video and Charles Band as a director?
1: I mean, growing up, that was like one of those things I would look for when you were, you know, digging around in, in movie rental stores and everything to find Full Moon, because for a while it was... You know, I was looking for the Puppet Masters, you know, Castle Freak, things like that. Over time, that, that quality has, maybe it wasn't that great of quality upon revisit, but as you go on with more evil bongs and ginger dead men, I mean, uh, it's, there's not a whole lot of stock I put in uh, Full Moon Pictures at this point, or or Charles Band, but uh, he's a hell of a huckster, that's yes, for sure. he is a
2: hell of a huckster, and he has a
1: real fascination with doll-sized things. <laughs> he loves
2: <laughs> He loves little people,
1: little monsters, puppets He just loves 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 little men. men.
2: Yeah, he loves doll men Like he did that one where it's like all the classic horror monsters Except they're all played by little people Uh, And he has many, many variations on the doll-sized antagonist in his movies And I mean, Liam, I have to ask you Do you think Charles Band has ever stuck a Barbie doll up his ass?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you had to ask me that (laughs) Here, here's the thing I'm I'm actually pretty unfamiliar with full moon mm. in the sense of I when you name the titles I know them but I never knew to look for it and in fact the only reason I'm familiar with Charles band is uh, I went to a uh Empire Pictures Marathon. Right, of course. And at that was someone who's working on an Empire Pictures documentary that's not out yet called um, Celluloid Wizards in the Video Wasteland. Right. And it looks really interesting. And a lot of the films of Empire Pictures, I was like, oh, I know a lot of these movies. But for whatever reason, when I was younger, I identified with actors, I identified with directors. But film companies, other than later on, I kind of got into like that early Miramax thing for sure. a while but overall I didn't look for movies based upon who made them and I kind of wish I had because learning about that now later in life there are definitely some interesting companies that maybe weren't consistent but did some things that would be it would be an interesting reason to look through a bunch of movies so when I saw that he had made it it didn't occur to me like oh how great they've you know how, how the mighty have fallen considering the last Charles band related movie I'd watched was like maybe the exterminators or something like that. So (laughs) it wasn't exactly like a cutting edge movie at the time either. But, um, but I will say that this definitely, again, all like the, the, the acting, the way the plot was thought out, the script, like what people were actually saying, it was like a porno that never got to the sexy part. Really? Like even the 69 was so awkward that i mean it really just looks like nothing actually sexy is happening the yeah. whole movie
2: it it really does have this kind of weirdly static weirdly kind of uh glossed
0: it really i mean
2: it's weird because the the actresses who are involved in that scene i don't want to go into too much detail are obviously very comfortable with themselves as well. They should be under those circumstances, but it's also really kind of uncomfortable to see these actors standing around, kind of rubbing them, and it just yeah. it just feels like it's <laughs> it feels like you you wondered what that set was like. It seems like it would have to have been the most uncomfortable thing in the fucking world, but maybe you know, maybe you're all professionals, and who cares?
1: Oh yeah, and, and that camera. I mean, everything feels so leering yeah. in that scene. <laughs> I mean, I felt like. I just felt like like I was peeking in through a door or something Uh, It's a very uncomfortable feeling (laughs) Now, uh, in the late
2: 80s, early 90s Or really the mid-90s, the heyday of Full Moon Video The reason that I think a lot of us found it very identifiable, Liam Is that uh, not only was Full Moon had a very kind of distinctive visual style on their VHS tapes But also they had the uh, Full Moon Video Magazine on all of their releases Which basically was kind of like a behind-the-scenes short uh, segment at the end of their movies Which explained how certain parts of the movie were made And honestly I loved those when I was a teenager uh, And mm-hmm. sometimes I would watch those movies Just because they had some making of aspects on it Remember this was well before DVDs And, and uh, behind the scene features For the most sure. part um, yeah. But I have to say And this is not a very popular opinion That I think most Full Moon uh, releases Are fucking awful, like really bad uh, I, I do not care For the Puppet Master series or the subspecies series And I don't care for Now, there are, of course, exceptions And I don't know how Charles Band convinced Stuart Gordon To make movies strictly for Full Moon for a while I guess he just gave him certain budgets And allowed him kind of free reign But the Stuart Gordon movies that were made for Full Moon Video Are so much better than all of the other things That they were releasing during that time period That it's really astounding He did the Pit and the Pendulum And he did uh, Castle Freak As you mentioned before uh, And he did Not Did he do Robot jocks I can't remember If that was Stuart Gordon or not Yeah that, that's Stuart Gordon Yeah with uh, th- that, that was through Empire right Right I was right.
0: going to say That was an Empire one That wasn't full moon Right
2: right So, But there's obviously Some some crossover there Anyway with Charles sure, Band's sure, sure. name. So it's, it's, it's interesting that, And also throughout The 90s you know They worked a lot With David Takoto And they worked With J.R. Bookwalter And they gave Opportunities Because I think Charles Band Thinks of himself As sort of a rock Roger Corman type right So he's giving opportunities To a lot of filmmakers The Dead the Hate the Living If you like that movie uh, I actually like that one Okay uh, It's uh, kind of a comedy horror Lucio Fulci uh, th- Again There are movies that came from Full Moon that are worthwhile I just think the massive uh, uh, Majority of their efforts Are just kind of cheap and lame looking And I think a lot of them were made in like Romania <laughs> and, and they look all fucked up Anyway, getting back to the dead one women <laughs> Blaine <laughs> Tell us about the makeup effects Now in the first 20 minutes it all takes place In the 1920s and everyone looks like They're supposed to look uh, And then in the modern time uh, at first, they they uh, show up as ghosts in in sort of kind of regular form, but then they take on a specific zombieish pallor. Explain this
1: makeup to me. Um, the makeup I mean, they probably they had to shoot this in the fall because they definitely spent a lot of money at the Halloween store. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean it shifted from like kind of bad, like glued on prosthetics, and they kind of shifted into just kind of. Kind of, kind of like a cleaner, more plastic version of like kind of that caked on shit look from Br- like Bruno Mattei, yes, zombie movie, absolutely. <laughs> but, but, but not even, but not even interesting, interesting version of that. Kind of a, just kind of a plastic, kind of painted on. Uh, I mean, most effects <laughs> go from incredibly bad to almost passable
2: now th- this makeup generally just covers the front of the actor's face uh when we finally see the actress at the very end of the movie she's kind of made up in a, a, a little bit more of a higher quality it's kind of a full body thing at least anything that's visible but you know when you see the actor's hands and things for the most part there doesn't seem to be any makeup on them at all
1: oh none at all no no, no. they completely they only cover the front part of the face in just like to the to to the chin and the jawline, they they didn't go any further. Liam, were you impressed by the makeup effects in the Dead Want Women?
0: I, I was impressed that someone thought they could film them <laughs> that, that would be acceptable in a movie. I mean, when I when I was a kid, um, there was a moment where they had started to release um, kind of plastic makeup stuff for home use, sure. and so I had already committed to being a pirate for Halloween, mm. but I convinced my mom that I had to be a pirate with melted goop on my face that then she put a fake eyeball in the goop. So it was like my face had partly melted as a pirate. Why? I don't know. But that's that's what I insisted on her doing. And I looked better than these people looked in this 2012 movie. In that was probably 1987 <laughs> that that happened or 1988, maybe something like that. So I I it really... I mean, they looked like the sort of thing it would take you ten minutes to just kind of glue onto someone's face and just be like, "Don't move too much, so it doesn't fall off." And that's like the whole thing. It 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 was strange, and I and I don't. I guess it's not just that it looked bad because it did look bad, but I also wasn't sure what it was communicating. I mean, sure. they weren't zombies. If they're ghosts, do ghosts have to have weird melty faces right. like? What exactly is the makeup communicating other than that I guess that they're dead so they just look dead but um <clears throat> like Eric Roberts had a bit of a bullet hole but again they made better bullet hole prosthetics for home use than what he had on in this movie. <laughs> so I don't really understand. It just seemed like don't bother with it. Like just leave it alone and just have them like fade in and out or something easy like that.
2: It it does ring of People just fucking around As opposed to actually making the effort right. Of trying to do something interesting Or or even entertaining I mean there really is so little on display here I guess the purpose of Dead Want Women Mostly is to be titillating Because even though there is One effective head explosion And I have to say I really do love that uh but it's it's really the only only notable bit of violence in the movie outside of maybe the 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 gun blasts that 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 kill all of our characters near the beginning and the uh, actress slitting her own throat but besides that there isn't a ton of explicit violence here in fact there isn't a lot at all so it's uh the only thing that really i guess could appeal to audiences who like cult movies would be the nudity in it. And as you already mentioned, Liam, it's kind of unpleasant to look at. So I I will say overall, The Dead Want Women doesn't have a lot to recommend it. And uh, I was not necessarily pleased to find out at the end of the movie that it seemed to be setting up a possible sequel at some point in the future. So uh, maybe we'll be seeing The Dead Want Women too. But I do want to finish... By saying that the thing I found most distressing about the Want women is Eric Roberts in it. And I don't mean his performance necessarily, though it's it's not very good. I don't necessarily uh, uh, kind of uh, hang that on him. Everyone's bad in this. But he's just another guy in it. You know, he's part of these henchmen, these three guys, right? That are based on these kind of silent movie archetypes. But Eric Roberts is just another dude. And these other guys, again, are they're, they're professional actors who have worked a lot. But they're not Eric Roberts. And he doesn't get to do anything interesting. He's not, you know, he's not the leader of the gang. He's not the head bad guy. He's just another guy in a full moon movie called The Dead Want Women. It was actually, I think this might be the first time I was actually kind of depressed to see him playing a role like this. Uh, Blaine, what did you think of Eric Roberts in this
1: movie? Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree because he kind of played like second fiddle to a guy named Nihilus Jello. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's so like he just looked like like he had figured out that he wasn't really that much of a star, and he just kind of lets himself kind of blend into the background. I mean, he really doesn't out saying he's a fat little cowboy or whatever. He really <laughs> he really doesn't do anything. I mean, he chases around, he gets he gets the one cool kill of the movie, and he does some real awkward groping on uh, on these women, and and that's and that's it. I mean, it's really I mean, uh, you know, we'll talk about. Where he where he kind of shines, uh, you know, uh, in in other stuff. But I mean, he's got nothing to do, and he doesn't seem to (laughs) to to care to rise above it. He
2: is he is doing like an accentuated Eric Roberts drawl in this because he's doing the cowboy voice, right? Uh, And and so he's hello, ma'am, that sort of thing. But I mean, aside from that, there isn't really a performance here. It's not that he's sleepwalking necessarily. It's just that he's just another guy, Liam. What did you think?
0: I mean. (laughs) I, I, here's the thing. It again, no one in this movie even strikes me in any way as like, I don't know. uh, None of the performances were great. Sure, sure, sure. But all these people are completely unrecognizable to me. And here's Eric Roberts who sure. Yes. He does a lot of movies that aren't great, but he often stands out in them. He's often Eric Roberts in them. And it, and there's just nothing there. It's like he doesn't. It's not even like oh, Eric Arbus was bad in this. It's just he's just hanging out. It 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 is one of the few things we've watched where I'm like, this was just a paycheck. This was just, I don't know. I I it, I felt like they were. He, I don't want to blame. I don't want to say like oh, he didn't bring anything to the role because what was there to bring? You know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it was it was not for someone who has been in so many things and who I think is recognizable, like, I feel like if someone didn't necessarily know who Eric Roberts was and they watched some of the other films we've watched, he would stand out. Right? Someone would say, Oh yeah, that guy. I, I, yeah, I remember him. He's like a featured player. But if all you've seen is the dead want women, there's no reason for you to remember him over anyone in the movie. I mean, literally I feel like the, uh, any other person in the movie was as memorable, if not more. If than anything, you.
2: those other two, uh, the, the people he's paired with, kind of get more screen time and more interesting sure. kind of, of, of opportunities. Because, like you said, the, the guy doing the Fatty Arbuckle is basically just doing a curly impression. Maybe he didn't know who Fatty Arbuckle was. <laughs> so he's doing this, whoa, 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 you know, he's, he's being wacky. Um, but, but I guess, and also, like, there's not much you can really necessarily do with a cowboy archetype. Yeah, I was kind of, it, it is really strange to think that Eric Roberts, who's still the guy who will be, you know, on a on a, a television sitcom or uh, or a, an hour-long drama, he'll still be, in 2016, be a featured player. In fact, he just, uh, it was announced today that the show Code Black, which I've never seen before, I think um, Rob Lowe was on it, something like that, that Eric Roberts is going to be guest starring in season two of it, and he'll be a featured guest star on that show. You know, he's one of the... the cast members on a number of different TV shows. So it was just strange to put him in a movie and relegate him to such a, um, not necessarily a minor part, because usually these are just one day, two day things, but just kind of a background thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it was, and I, I also agree with what you said. Like it was kind of a bummer. It actually bummed me out a little bit. Well, Let's continue
2: with that bummer. <laughs> because on Eric Roberts is the fucking man, we have to ask the question that the episode, sorry, the we have to ask the question that the podcast title suggests, which is is Eric Roberts the fucking man in The Dead Want Women. And I'm going to start with you Blaine. You brought this to us is Eric Roberts the fucking man here.
1: Oh man, this is a this is a big bummer. Yeah. Uh, I, I I I mean, given he gets more screen time than he usually ever does, but I, I gotta say, he is—he unfortunately is not the fucking man, but he is a—he is a fat little cowboy. He's, he's a fat little cowboy. Liam is he the fucking man in the Dead Want Women?
0: No, not even. I mean, again, I, and I, and I—I I think I can only compare him to himself. And no, this is one of the one of the least memorable Eric Roberts performances we've watched for this show.
2: And just to complete the trinity of bummerness. I will also say Eric Roberts is not the fucking man in The Dead Want Women. And uh, I would recommend not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, don't watch this
0: movie, please. Be safe. <laughs> I mean,
2: we all got kind of bummed out by it, and we didn't have a good time. And we've watched some really terrible things here on Eric Roberts in the, is the Fucking Man. And also just in our private lives, where we, all three of us watch a lot of things that are not necessarily good. Even with that kind of sliding scale, we did not enjoy The Dead Want Women. However, that does beg the question Did we manage to wring some enjoyment out of 2015's Cowboys versus Dinosaurs? Bummerness be gone We need to take a break and come back and talk about something fresh and clean And filled with dinosaurs We'll be right back After an accidental explosion at a local mine Dinosaurs emerge from the rubble To terrorize a small western town Now a group of gunslingers must defend their home If anyone is going to survive In a battle of cowboys versus dinosaurs Yes, it's 2015's Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs, a movie that I have now watched twice Which I think is might be a record in terms of this particular movie uh, If you are in the UK or in other places in the world This movie is also known as Jurassic Hunters Which is a lot less amusing of a name But we have seen it, and if you're in North America You will have seen it, if you have seen it uh, As Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs In fact, I think this movie is played on TV I think uh, I, someone mentioned recently that it played on the El Rey Network In the US, and it does kind of feel Like a TV movie, it feels like something uh, That could have premiered on the Sci-fi network, it just maybe has a little bit More violence than those movies normally Would have, but it does have certainly that level Of special effects and performance That you would see, as well As some recognizable actors, but I'm not Gonna belabor my opinion I want to hear from Blaine, Blaine You brought us Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs
1: Explain yourself (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, There. Wow, this one had a lot going on. There's, there's a lot going on in, in, in the movie. I mean, I, uh, it starts out. I guess it's mainly drilling in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and there's, and I mean, it's, it's that same kind of like you mentioned, like that, that strange performance that you see in like these sci-fi and asylum movies. Mm-hmm. And it is, it seems to change its rules quite a bit, and everyone <laughs> quickly evolves into you know. For, each monster kind of gets a, a plus, you know, as as they as we go on, uh, and yeah, no, it's this. I mean, but all in all, it was a it was a lot of fun. Whereas the other movie was just it was bad, but it was a bummer to kind of slug your way through. This one, once I got past those first twenty 20, 25 minutes, like most of these movies are, it, it picks up and, and it was it was fun for what it was, and uh, and when when. Eric Roberts shows up you you know it and it's and that's when I really kind of sat, sat up straight in my chair and, and kind of started getting <laughs> into the movie
2: <laughs> I just like this visual of you be like uh this is all right I guess oh wait a second Eric Roberts is here <laughs> yeah,
1: I, 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 I forgot what I was uh what, what I was watching it for. Like, oh oh yeah Eric Roberts is in this one uh, but uh but I personally loved Quaid, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the african-american uh, cowboy here in uh, montana he's fucking great this guy who plays quaid is a superstar in this movie is the only he's the only person just that just showed up pumped and ready to go everyone else just kind of wore hats and jackets and mumbled but uh but uh, no quaid quaid gave it all Quaid
2: is the fucking man. I should, I want to point out this actor is, his name is Kelsey Watson. I guess he was credited in this as Kelsivius Jones, which is outstanding. But he seems to be the only actor outside of maybe Eric Roberts and Vernon Wells, who I'll talk about in just a little bit, who seems to realize that he's in a movie called Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs and he's better like take it up a notch or three. And he seems to be having fun, which man, it, it, I found that to be really, um, Refreshing, <laughs> because I've watched a lot of these uh, Awful straight-to-video And made-for-sci-fi movies Where it's either too tongue-in-cheek And everyone's winking all the time Or it's uh, it's played super straight And it's never fun at all Here, it's a little bit different But Liam, my understanding is that You did not enjoy your experience With Cowboys versus Dinosaurs
0: I mean, it's a bad movie And mm-hmm. I, uh I found it very stupid and I think that, oh, yes. I think that um probably the thing that got on my nerves the most was the special effects. I mean there's there's large portions of the movie in which they just have an actor holding an impressive looking gun and they just say, <laughs> act like you're shooting shit. <laughs> and then then somewhat later with I'm assuming like a PC junior added in <laughs> some dinosaurs and you, it's just a shot. I mean, imagine what they're filming this. They're just filming, uh, an empty rock quarry and they're telling Quaid you're shooting them. You're shooting a man. And he's just got to act like he's shooting them. And then the actual thing is so boring. Like in a scene, in which a man is shooting multiple, I assume they're velociraptors, with, <laughs> with, with a, all kinds of weaponry, the most interesting thing in that scene shouldn't be the screaming man with a gun. It should be the dinosaurs. But I'm i am just like, show me that guy. like He is fucking killing it right now. And meanwhile, I mean, uh, again, it, it was like the dinosaurs in this movie remind me of... Like the old Planet of the Apes cartoon, or any of those <laughs> cartoons where nothing moves but the mouth—that was how that like, they they sort of felt. But don't get me wrong; I think uh, I think because I like to harass you in general around the quality mm-hmm. of these movies, it, you know, w- inevitably we're going to compare the two movies to each other. And Cowboys oh, versus Dinosaurs oh. <laughs> was not the trial that the dead want women What? Well, I'm
2: going to stop you there for a second, Liam, because I think a much more accurate comparison would be something like Sharktopus. Right. So which of those do you think was better?
0: Uh, Cowboys versus Dinosaurs was better for me because I felt like the scenes moved a little bit better. There was, as we said, Quaid was an interesting person to watch. I think Eric Roberts was an interesting performance. Uh, I will say... If I'm going to watch bad CGI, I actually prefer the shark CGI to the dinosaur CGI. However, the rest of the movie around the dinosaurs was just more. I don't know. It was funny. There was like it was fun. Like, OK, so the scene, the first scene where uh, the people are bathing for some reason, it looks like everyone's cold, but they decide to get in this water. And right. then the Velociraptor shows up. Yes. And all the acting is like just painful and awful. <laughs> it's in a way that's like really kind of amusing. I was like watching it like, oh yeah, okay, this is a this is a good time. Uh, and there was almost no moments of Sharktopus like that. Like there were very few parts of Sharktopus where I'm like, oh, I'm having fun with this and they're having fun and we're all having fun right now. Uh,
2: they also don't skimp on the dinosaurs here. There's a lot so of dinosaurs. So many dinosaur fucking types, dinosaurs. Right, and there's oh, tons oh. of them. Like there's a part about halfway through this movie where dinosaurs start to overtake an entire town. And even though the special effects are... Iffy to say the least It really does look like like the, Not only is it just the mouths are the only part that are moving But they don't seem to interact with things around them They're never kicking up dirt They're just kind of stomping around Well at a uh, certain
0: point even the humans are fake Like it's a fake <laughs> and a fake dinosaur And then they just sort of smush the two graphics together And then fake blood shoots out And meanwhile yeah. it was just a static shot of an alley
2: But it's still I, I thought I was actually really impressed with the fact that they they were able to get across the idea that this town is overrun by dinosaurs, and that if you were to open up this door, you would see all sorts of carnage everywhere. And they did that by, you know, actually showing a lot of these dinosaurs again, for better or for worse. And it does kind of pitch up every few minutes, right? It, it starts with individual attacks, yep. and then more get introduced, and then eventually they bring out What is it a Stegosaurus at the fucking end <laughs> of it, and and that's and that's and they even hint at at, at more carnage. After that I do want to talk about The plot as a whole For a second Because we're talking About Quaid Who's really a Secondary character Because the lead Characters are all Really boring Especially The lead guy Who is Weirdly unsympathetic Didn't you find that I mean he's supposed To be an ex um, uh, Rodeo Guy uh, who who had an accident And kind of left the town And left his girlfriend behind and uh, And in fact we find out afterwards that after this accident He became an alcoholic And he beat the shit out of his girlfriend I guess a bunch of times And we're, we're supposed to be okay with that Because he's cleaned himself up and come back But he comes back and acts like an asshole and this uh, young woman has uh, developed a relationship with the sheriff of the town, who seems to be like 30 years older than her, which is fine, but it also which seems like...
0: Which is a theme of the movie, though.
2: Which is a theme of the movie. A really weird theme of the movie, because there's this dumpy guy a little bit later. I can't remember. I think he he's like... Is he a cop, too? Something like that. And he's talking to a girl in this one scene, and... It then develops into her stripping down So she can have sex with this guy But up until that point, I thought she was his daughter Because there's no way, dude No no way at
0: all
2: Anyway, they both both get eaten by dinosaurs Uh, so, yeah, so the plot of the movie, it's not that interesting But I feel like at about the halfway mark Once it becomes sort of a uh, a group piece With all of these actors interacting And, you know, some of them are are here uh, Being locked in a room And they're trying to find a way out You know, it's very Night of the Living Dead-ish It actually, I, I find this movie to be shockingly Entertaining And then you enter Eric Roberts into the mix And Vernon Wells Now, if you don't know Vernon Wells, you should If you're a listener of this show But he's most well-known for two major roles One, uh, he's kind of the uh, secondary lead baddie in Mad Max 2 Uh, And the other role is, of course, as uh, Bennett in Commando (laughs) And Vernon Wells, with his uh, Australian accent here He is evil, he's playing super, super evil and unrepentantly evil, and I love that. I love watching a guy just be a complete fucking asshole and try to scam his way and completely... And, like, anyone who makes an agreement with him, he's going to fuck him over every single time. And then he gets his just desserts and his face sort of melted off by acid spit for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that that acid
1: spit was very confusing.
2: (laughs) Well, you see, we discover uh, in the movie that these creatures have existed in underground... And have learned to uh, Have evolved, sorry So that their blood is made of methane Which means that if you shoot them in the right way They will explode <laughs> And of course it also turns your spit Into acid I mean, that's just simple science And I, I would think you'd understand that
1: You're right I'm, I, not, I, I'm not a scientist
2: <laughs> Obviously I assume
0: that moment was just a cultural reference to Jurassic Park Like I, when, when he gets mel- melted with the acid I, I literally just went Oh yeah, I remember that part of Jurassic Park Is
2: that why he says clever girl before it happened?
0: Yeah, I feel like... <laughs> Although that wasn't him, right? It's the fat guy who gets attacked by the weird thing.
1: Yeah. Right. He doesn't actually say that people who are listening right now. <laughs> yeah, but they committed to that homage and like to the rest of the movie. Oh, totally.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely – I think what you're kind of describing, Doug, for me when I was thinking about it was after a certain point, I mean, it definitely is a slow start. But once the movie gets going, it has something that a lot of these kind of movies don't have, which is momentum. Yeah, exactly. Like what exactly. lacks – Stuff just happens in Sharktopus, and you right. have to remind yourself why you care. Yeah, there's,
2: you could switch the order of a lot of the stuff in Sharktopus because there's no build to anything.
0: Even the part – there's a part where they're in sort of like a tense situation, and the lead character and the sheriff get in a fight. And, of course, it's, like, stupid that they're fighting or whatever. But it <laughs> makes sense in the story that they're the assholes who would get in a fight while dinosaurs right. were attacking. And it, like – it actually worked really well to the uh, – now – Quickly after that, there's a point where the sheriff just fucking forgot to shut the door. That part was <laughs> the he's like, I forgot, whatever. Like, it's like, a big deal that he forgot to shut the door at a dinosaur attack. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, in other words, while the overall story in some ways is kind of weird, the way it develops, but there are moments, there are important plot moments that actually do make sense. And then some of the things that don't make sense are funny, like uh, the attack on the bar where the dinosaurs are attacking the door and the humans are just sort of holding the door. A, you literally see human hands come over the door. That <laughs> are the dinosaur hands. And that was great for me. But in other words, the mistakes that you see are the things that are weird, they're still amusing. You're not watching it going, what the fuck? You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's strange, but let's just go with it, you know?
2: I love how they um we the I will spoil a little bit of the ending here. I did I mean the ending of this movie is complete. Fucking ridiculous But the thing is, that's the time That's the time to get explicitly ridiculous That's the time where Quaid should pick up A hidden rocket launcher that he has yeah. <laughs> In the quarry And blow up a big fucking rampaging Group of these velociraptors uh, And and that's when you should have like The machine guns and the ATVs And fucking Val riding a horse That is some t- somehow faster than a bunch of dinosaurs uh, And it uh, You know, it, it gets so goofy But it has kind of developed the world at that point that it kind of fits into it. And again, it's not people winking at the camera. It's not them laughing at what's going on. It actually is kind of old-fashioned in the way that it kind of builds. uh, And it's something I really appreciate it. It really
0: feels like they made a decision where it was like, look, all of the dinosaurs look bad. So let's just accept that they all look bad and put as many as we can. Like it's really – and I think sometimes with these kind of movies, the – makers of the film are embarrassed by the fact that it looks shitty, right. so they kind of hide it, and that's fine if you can do that kind of tense filmmaking, but a lot of these folks can't do that, that's not right. their skill so like, look, yeah, yes do the dinosaurs look terrible, they look terrible but if you put enough of them in there it's kind of fun to be like, wow, they're really fucking going for this shit. Yeah,
2: they lean into it right, they're yeah. like, okay, that's what this is so this is what we're going to go with
0: uh. <laughs> Now, Eric
2: Roberts is in Cowboys versus Dinosaurs He plays Val, our lead character's father Who's also a drunk And they encounter each other in the uh, local lockup, In the jail cell Um, And they have kind of a bonding moment And then we return to Eric Roberts later on in the movie He has a brief hero moment before being killed by a dinosaur That's just what his part is However, I will say Eric Roberts is fucking awesome (laughs) Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs He is introduced vomiting into a bucket being slurring his words, being drunk, being ridiculous, but being a lot of fun And also, you know, this is exactly the sort of, you know, few days you got Eric Roberts Put him in kind of the showcase role that that you can tell that he's someone important But you don't have to feature him too strongly And that you're kind of happy when it returns to him later I really enjoyed Eric Roberts in Cowboys versus Dinosaurs What did you think, Liam?
0: Yeah, I gotta agree I mean, the best part about this scene where he's puking is he's not puking into the bucket And 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 Val points out, you know, there's a bucket, and he's like, yeah, there's a bucket, like that. Just that (laughs) moment is such a definition for the character. Like, yeah, no, thanks for pointing that out. You know, like, oh man, I I I just again, it's a small thing, uh, but it's used. If you've only got Eric Roberts for this one day, and he's not a big role in the movie, why not use him the best possible way? I really wish some of the other things we've watched. Were that smart. And I really – again, it's hard to call a movie like this smart. But the reality is the way at least that they used Eric Roberts in this movie I think was actually pretty smart and pretty sort of economical for what they were doing.
2: I also think that there are uh, ele- hints of Eric Roberts' performance in this movie that you don't usually see in a lot of his recent performances. There's a part where – um Val is basically getting out of the jail cell He's got the keys, he's going to leave But Eric Roberts, his character, he wants to stay in the jail cell He does not want to go out and face these dinosaurs And he's getting like scared And he gets kind of that kind of fast patter The way that that a young Eric Roberts used to get Where he's like, you know, he's got kind of that nervy way of speaking really quickly You don't see that energy in a lot of Eric Roberts performances recently And I was really nice to see I actually, I was kind of under the impression that he couldn't really do that anymore So uh, I really feel like there is uh, untapped potential in a lot of these smaller Eric Roberts roles to have him kind of as this kind of fast talker. Let's go over to you, Blaine. What did you think of Eric Roberts in this movie?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I thought he, I thought he was fantastic. Like Liam was saying, I mean, that's how you use a guy you bring in for a day. You just, you, you set him, you kind of put him as this kind of this touchstone in the movie and just let him act because he just shows up just covered in sweat, hacking and spitting all over the walls. It just, it, it it really just goes, it just goes and swings for the fences. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's what you want out of a, out of, you know, that kind of featured character in it, in it, 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 but it, but it doesn't feel too cartoonish. It, I mean, you're in a movie where, I mean, cowboys are fighting dinosaurs. Why not? You know, go, go as big, go as big as you want. And I mean, I thought, I thought he was just fantastic. And I mean, not to reiterate what you said, but I mean, he, he's got that, that, that younger Eric Roberts, he's not... Not trying to be the hero. He just—he's just a guy just trying to survive, man. Just got that slow draw. Just, uh, just, just trying to make it through this flick. And uh, I mean, no, I thought I thought that was one of the better performances I, that I've seen him pop up in in, in recent movies.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of these sort of few days on a set uh, and trying to kind of <laughs> trying to trying to uh, add a little star power to the proceedings. Hey, it works, and I actually I think Vernon Wells is really good here too. And uh, I think the you, you, Vernon Wells has been doing a lot of these lower budgeted movies lately. And I'm uh, I'm interested to see what else uh, he's been in. I think actually he's done some work with Eric Roberts aside from this as well. So I'm sure we'll be seeing him again on this show. Yeah, I'm gonna give a. Uh, a solid pass to Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs I had a really good time with it It has a lot of dinosaurs, has a few cowboys And it has a lot of ridiculous uh, Action and terrible special effects oh. That it, It's an entertaining movie And I know that that's, uh, that seems like damning with faint praise But a lot of the movies that we cover on this show Are not very entertaining <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But Eric Roberts may have been a st- scene stealer in this movie But is he the fucking man? Starting with you Liam, fucking man?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, this is the Eric Roberts. Again, if we're going to watch these smaller roles, this is what we want. We want Eric Roberts to get a chance to do what Eric Roberts does. Uh and we didn't he we don't need more than that. You know, like it worked for what it was. Personally, I could always do with more of him, but what he had was great.
1: Blaine do you agree? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. He he is definitely the man in this one. I mean, he's he shows up he gives a great performance, kind of just kind of helps pick up the pace of the movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, and and really just w- works well. And you kind of see that, gl- you know, kind of that glimmer of a, of a much younger, more enthusiastic and charismatic actor. So, most definitely the man. And I
2: will complete the redemption song here on on Eric Roberts is the fucking man and say yes, Eric Roberts is the man in Cowboys versus Dinosaurs from two thousand fifteen. Hey, he can still bring it. We knew he could. If you want to see a. Eh, Slightly superior monster movie I'm sure you can check out Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs Uh, I'm sure there's a VOD release if you want to check it out And as I mentioned before, it has been airing on television Why not take a look? We're going to take our final break And when we return, we're going to have a little talk with Blaine And we're going to say goodnight Be back in just a moment
0: Andrews Yeah Swizz up Yay! While I'm brushing my teeth, I get so many deaf is getting normal to me. But I bend, don't break, I don't ask, just take black gloves, black tape, and I don't play nor pray. Wake up and take a piss. I hear I'm sharpening knives. Main focus every day is making out here a lie. Take a shower in my boots and go to sleep in my
2: shoes. Last night I had a dream. Episode number 31 of Eric Roberts' as The Fucking Man is in the bag. Yes, uh, The Dead Want Women? Nope. But Cowboys versus Dinosaurs? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I want to thank our guest, Blaine McLaren, for coming on the show and bringing his gusto and enthusiasm to what could be, you know, some kind of stodgy, unpleasant uh, movies. But no, he he brought it, and we're glad to have him. Thanks so much, Blaine. Where can people find your work on the internet?
1: Uh, you can mainly find me on, uh, the, on my Facebook page, uh, Mondo McLaren. Uh, we mainly cover you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of low budget no budget kind of movies horror exploitation also you know follow me on Twitter at at mondo underscore mclaren as well as instagram as well as mondo underscore mclaren so yeah just kind of see you know <laughs> you know what we're doing over there and uh, try to check out some movies that may not be regularly on your radar
2: Absolutely, and we, of course, will link to Mondo McLaren in the uh, notes section of this episode as well I've read a bunch of your stuff, Blaine, and you're a very, very talented writer And again, if you love those kind of movies, and you probably do If you're listening to a podcast called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Check out more of his work Take a look at it every day What, what, What's the harm? Check out all of his work What's your problem, listener? You can't check out Blaine's work? If you can't, what are you doing listening to this show? Liam O'Donnell They announced today the full lineup of the Bruce Campbell uh, Film Festival. They did. And there's a lot of exciting stuff on there, including uh, William Sadler, whose name you were unable to remember during the last
0: episode. You know what? Cut me Uh some slack.
2: Barbara Crampton's going to be there.
0: I'm so excited about that. I really can't wait to meet her.
2: Yeah, she seems like she's super cool. Uh, And honestly, the lineup looks fucking great. Um, And I'm jealous of anyone who gets to attend.
0: I mean, I want to encourage people. I think... You know, we're a new fest. This is only the third year. And I think we're not yet a destination fest. And I think we can grow to that point. So I want to encourage you, if you can get anyone listening who can get to Chicago, maybe you're in Milwaukee, maybe you're in Madison, maybe you're in... Bloomington. I don't know where you live. You should come to Chicago and come to this fest because I think it's really worth it. And, it's, know, we, and it's affordable. It passes a hundred bucks. Like that absolutely. to me is like well within the budget.
2: I mean, it's a way, you know, there are some really huge genre fests, right? In fact, right now we have Fantasia going on. Of course, Fantastic Fest happens later in the year. And these are large, uh, expensive events uh, which are overrun with people, this is an opportunity with a young, fresh event with a lot of interesting looking movies and again, some of the movies that you 'll see in those kind of festivals anyway, but you can kind of do it on a on a on a a budget and have a great time
0: yeah, and I think if you 're someone who cares about interacting with talent there 's really some interesting people coming out, and yeah. I, I think that that aspect is important, and for me i 'm um, really excited by all the new movies we 're highlighting, but also just getting to uh see night of the creeps and yeah. monster squad yeah and interact with Fred Decker and whatever. So it's just all all that I'm pretty excited about. So I, I'm glad you brought it up and I definitely want to hype that to everyone.
2: Hype that shit. Where can people find your stuff online,
0: Liam? Well uh they can find me on Twitter at, at Liam Rules R U L Z. Uh mm-hmm. and they can find uh everything related to CinePunks at Cinepunks.com or on Twitter at Cinepunks or on Facebook, Cinepunks. Uh, for those of you who don't know how you spell that, that's C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. And
2: uh, the Bruce Campbell Fest is on Twitter as well.
0: Yep, at Groovy Fest. Um, and I we have a website. Uh, I think it's mostly just like the lineup and ticket information. Sure. But um, pretty, so- I don't know if it's up yet. But pretty soon, you can buy tickets per event. And I know for some people, if if for whatever reason. A weekend passes out, uh, you might want to try to grab some tickets to a specific thing and make it to at least one event.
2: Get to the Windy City, folks. You can, of course, find my social media presence at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y on Twitter. You can, of course... Find my writing over at dailygrindhouse.com and other, my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, at nobudgetpodcast.com. If you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man, you can go to man.com. Check out all of our older episodes, leave us a review on iTunes, and subscribe. Please do. You can also find Eric Roberts is the fucking man on Twitter, at E-R-I-T-F-M. Get all the latest Eric Roberts news there. We're also on Facebook. Take a little search for Eric Roberts is the man on there as well. But with that, folks... We've reached our limit. In fact, we're we're right on schedule. We're going to say good night. We're going to be back in a couple of weeks with two more Eric Roberts classics. I want to give another big huge thank you to Blaine McLaren for joining us today. And with that, we'll say good night. Say good night everybody. Good night everybody. Night. A little more enthusiastic there, <laughs> Liam.
0: Good night everybody.
2: Okay, that's better. Good night.
0: Good night. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can